Okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fantastic show of My Orgasmic Life. I'm your hostess, Gaia Morissette, and I have one of, she's just so delightful. I'm just so excited to have her on the show and come and play with me. Um, you know, I had the luxury of interviewing her on for Tickle Dot Life podcast, two episodes. We did one all about her, like, early masturbation life as young young lass and then we did a whole episode on um you know how she moved from monogamy to non-monogamy and you know that's what we want to talk about today but she wasn't allowed at tickle dot life's interview to actually go into her brilliant coaching and teaching brain so <laughs> i invited her over here to my orgasmic life so that we can play together and have conversations and drop both of us to drop into our teaching mode around good, the bad, the ugly about monogamy, non-monogamy, jealousy, insecurities, all of the juicy things. So wonderful, fantastic, beautiful, amazing, Evita. Hi, good morning, good morning. So share, your, share a little bit about who you are, what you do before we get into our juicy conversation. So uh, my name is Evita. Most people know me online as uh, Levita Loca Sawyer's, um, and I am a married, bisexual mother of three who is non-monogamous. Um, and I started my journey with non-monogamy about seven, six or seven years ago, and uh, it was very challenging for me uh like unpacking monogamy and you know becoming non-monogamous and sort of like getting rid of all those things that we carry with ourselves from monogamy uh was really really hard and so i was in a lot of facebook groups and stuff because i was just trying to find community and find resources on like how to do this i really wanted to do it but it was a struggle and so i began to talk about those struggles and at that time uh, when I was in those, a lot of the monogamy groups, there was a lot of just, oh, this is so wonderful. This is so great. This is amazing. I feel so much compersion. <laughs> My partner is with their partner for three weeks in cons. And we're, I love it so much. And I was just like, I am not feeling any of this. Like, you know, so like, I was like, this is not my experience at all. And, um, and so I began to talk about that and it resonated with people. Um, and I really just share the lessons that I've accumulated along the way from my own experiences, but I really sort of kind of began to make it okay for people to kind of talk about the struggles. And like, it's not roses and, and you know, cupcakes and rainbows and glitter all the time, but you know, there are some very intense things that we have to experience and go through and work through emotionally in order to show up well for um, uh, this life and this path that we've chosen. Um, and so from so that, I'm going to, I'm going to pause you there. Sure. So we got kicked out of Facebook again, which is a sign that we're not supposed to play today there. <laughs> so we're just going to continue our beautiful conversation and then everybody can find it on my podcast and on YouTube and all of the other juicy places that, yeah, I wonder why it's doing that. That's so, I don't know. Odd. so, so, you know, it's just, uh, you know. Right now we adapt, we adapt. So you might as well, 
So you might as well just turn, shut your laptop off. Let's just drop in. Maybe it's so that you and I can just truly just drop in and be in this moment with each other and not have to worry about questions and externally, and we can just channel whatever it is that we need to talk about. Excellent. Okay, that's fine. I can do that. So let me uh, turn this off. So, yes, tech. We're adapting. Now we're fully present. We're fully yes. aware. We're fully in this moment. All right. So you were talking about how you trans you were transitioning from monogamy to non-monogamy. You were sharing with us about your the, the piece around how you started doing coaching and, and and the reason behind that was because of that piece of there wasn't having really straight up honest conversations. There was like way too much of the, everything's rainbows and orgasms and orgies. <laughs> yeah, there was. And um, I mean, there would be different people that would talk about the struggles. And even that was a challenge because I would see people come in and talk about struggling with things. And rather than, uh, you know, them receiving support. And I mean, I understand sometimes when you're coming out of monogamy, like you're bringing a lot of like really like toxic things that come with being monogamous. So like people are asking questions like, you know, is it okay for me to tell my partner to cancel their date with their other partner because I'm feeling away? Which, you know, no, it's not. But it's understandable that someone would think that coming out of monogamy, but people would just get jumped on, you know, and, and just, you know, so even when people did talk about their struggles, I remember the first time I uh, posted in one of the groups I was in, and I even remember the scenario that I was asking about, because at the time, my husband and I were in a triad, and um, so, and we didn't have a large enough bed for all three of us to sleep in, so when uh, she would come over, we would rotate, and so she would sleep on the couch sometimes, my husband would sleep on the couch one time, I'd sleep on the couch, you know, and we would just kind of rotate that out. Um, and I asked the question of, it, was it okay if, like, I kind of asked them to keep it down if they were having sex in the room, because it made me uncomfortable to hear it, you know, if I'm out in the room and I'm not involved. Um, and I got, like, jumped on so badly about just asking that question that I cried, because I was so, like, hurt by just how the lack of compassion and empathy for this, like, new person that's struggling with non-monogamy and struggling, you know, with getting, you know, kind of, you know, making those changes and those shifts. Um, and so from that, I kind of started being very vocal about my struggles and the different things that I was experiencing. Um, and uh, it really started to resonate with people. And then a lot of the clarity that I received after those struggles and the different, um, like, sort of mental narrative rewrites I developed. Uh, to like change that mental story, that mental monogamy story that just kind of runs, you know, in our brains. Um, and so I would share about those things and it kind of resonated with people. And then, you know, people kind of started following me. And so I actually do a post, I try to do, a, I do a post every day called Today's Polyamory Reminder, where I just drop a little like small snippet of advice. Um, and then uh, we did a documentary uh, called Poly Love on that's on Amazon about that triad at the time, um, and that really resonated with people because it wasn't it was a depiction of non monogamy that wasn't like like you said oh it's orgies and threesomes and you know the guy with his two girls like you know it was a very it was a much more real uh, you know depiction of non monogamous relationships and the challenges that they face. Um, and, uh, and so through that, you know, I've done a couple podcast interviews. I've done a television interview for a TV show in Ireland, um, with Bo Williams. And so it's, I'm just, honestly, like I tell people, it's just, I just talk a lot. 
Let's talk a lot. And so, so I think like I think for today's conversation, let's have a conversation about the piece about when you're coming, you're shifting from monogamy to non-monogamy. And the importance of finding the right support during that process. Um, because I know that when I first moved from monogamy to not, well, actually, I'll be full on honest. I've never been monogamous. <laughs> there was a, I moved from ethical non-monogamy to, yeah. I moved from unethical non-monogamy to ethical non-monogamy because I cheated on all of my partners leading up to that. So I've never yeah, actually, I, did true, I, didn't, I never actually truly was monogamous. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I first started um, coming, like starting to do, realize that I didn't want to move from that cheating perspective and I wanted to really move into this ethical non-monogamy piece. And so all of a sudden it becoming open and I fell in love with, a, you know, I was in a relationship with a man who I loved very much and we were living together. And then I fell in love with this woman and I didn't know how to like tell him or her. And this like, you know, would be like my first relationship with a woman. You know, I had had sex with women before, but I'd never had a relationship with a woman. And so, you know, I didn't know what to do. I, we had no framework. There was no, there was no back then. I mean, I'm 45. So that was when I was 19. There was no support. There was no conversation that I didn't even know about the book, the ethical slut. Like I had, we were, and I grew up in this very small town. So like mm -hmm. there was like nothing, there was like zero support and all of us were trying to figure it out. None of us knew what the fuck we were doing. They weren't having a relationship with each other. So I was having a relationship with him, living with him. And then I was having a relationship with her and they would like swap and they would kind of like tag team each other um, as they would go, one would come in and one would go out and they hated each other. Like they hated each other and I was like in the middle, right? And they're yeah. all like, choose 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 you need to choose one of us i'm like but i love both of you equally you can't love us equally you have to choose one over the other and there was no one to talk to and, yeah. and that journey of not having anybody to talk to we were all trying to figure it out and a lot of things happened that didn't need to happen that if mm -hmm. i knew what i know now back then things would have been drastically different and so mm -hmm. I, I think the big piece of that was having somebody to talk to to figure that out. Because I remember going to the people in my life that were monogamous, because that's the only framework I had. Those were all the people everywhere. There was no right. there was no non-monogamous people anywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> they were hiding. <laughs> they were they were in all of the closet. Hiding in plain sight. <laughs> yeah. Um and so I remember talking to my friends about stuff that would come up, like jealousy and insecurities and, and like, how do you deal with this? And the answer always was, well, yeah, if you right. weren't why, in a, if you, you yeah, if you were in a monogamous relationship, you wouldn't be dealing with this. So yeah, why are you so greedy? The number one thing is, I don't know why you're doing that in the first place. You know, <laughs> like, it's like, of course you're having problems. Like, you know, it's like, you know, so it's very invalidating. And a lot of people find it super frustrating. And so one of the things that I like 
almost like it's like almost like number one advice for me like rules like you know people are like what do you have like advice for people that are starting up it's like one of the very first things that i say is build your community you need to see non-monogamy at work in other people's lives you need yes. to see non-monogamous representation you need to see that it can be done because there are other people that are out there doing it and you need to have non-monogamous community so that you have a sounding board for the very unique, like I would say non-monogamy and polyamory is just basic relationship principles on steroids. So it's just basic human relating, but like ramped up. Oh, but hell yeah. there are very specific non-monogamy things that are very specific to non-monogamy that your monogamous friends, even the most open-minded of them, because I have, I'm lucky and fortunate that most of the people that are monogamous in my life are still just super open-minded people. Yeah. So like, I don't, at, at yeah. this point in my life, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Oh, so yeah. I don't get that. I don't know why you're doing this in the first place. Like that's, those aren't even the responses that I get because I have these very open-minded people, but they still don't understand. Like, they're just like, they're more, their response is more like, I really don't know what to tell you, but I'm here to support you. Like that's kind of no way it is. You know? <laughs> but if I need like advice, you know, they just don't understand because it's just not their frame of reference. It's not how they move through a romantic relationship. And so they don't even understand the why of, you know, why do I even want to work this out and figure this very complicated thing out? Because they're like, I don't even understand why you're doing that in the first place because it just, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense to them. So it's extremely, extremely important to build a community of non-monogamous people, even if it's not in person. There's so many online groups. There's so many podcasts now. There's so many forums. And it's super, super, super important because you're going to need it. You're going to need to oh. see that just to get advice. You're also going to need to see it so that you can believe that it's possible for you. Yeah. Because you see other people doing it. Yeah. And I also highly recommend also not only just building your tribe um, and building your community, but also reaching out and getting some professional support, especially mm -hmm. in the beginning stages of yes. negotiation, navigating, you know, what, what are the, you know, how are you guys going to move with it? What are the boundaries? What are the not the boundaries? Like, why do you need those? You know, as you start to heal that, it is it, like you said, you are moving from one operating system into a brand new operating system. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need support. And you're <laughs> going to need motherfucking support. Right? <laughs> it's like, look at it this way. You're moving from one operating. So let's say you move from like, a, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're moving from, you know, Microsoft, you know, like, you know, a PC to an Apple. Okay. Right. It, that is what it's like. And if you've ever changed, changed that, you spend a lot of time being like, where is that button? What, yes. I, how do I do this? How do yes. I do this? And that's exactly what's happening when we move from monogamy to non-monogamy. And you yes. need that support. Yeah, you um, need, you're going to need technical support. <laughs> you are. Seriously, technical support. One of the other things that I find has been very helpful with my clients is that I teach about conscious monogamy. So it's like a bridge. It's like this bridging of the monogamous mindset to the non-monogamous mindset. So 
Conscious monogamy is acknowledging that we as human beings are not truly monogamous. There's a small percentage of us that are truly monogamous and true monogamy means that I am only attracted to one person. That's it. I don't, I don't find other people attractive. I don't, I'm not turned on by anybody. I don't whack off thinking about anybody else. Like I am just solely 100% attracted to one person. Yeah, now, like there once are, I lock on to one person, that's it. Like, you that's know, it. The, that's yeah. it. Forever. Yeah. Right? There's that peace. But that's only a small percentage of the population. Like, that's a truly small percent of the population. The rest of the people who are moving in the monogamous world are actually conscious. They're consciously choosing monogamy, meaning that they're pretending that they're monogamous, but they're not actually monogamous. So therefore, there's a lot of jealousy and possessiveness and a whole bunch of stuff that happens. And so what I found is by teaching um, people to drop into conscious monogamy within their monogamous relationship, we're honoring that, hey, I'm attracted to other people, you're attracted to other people. That's normal. We're not, we choose not to act upon it, right? And it kind of is like the baby steps I found as like this baby steps of getting into the concept that me being attracted to somebody else doesn't mean I love you less or that yeah. I, you're not important to me. And so it gives them like this, this little playground, this like safety little playground before they jump into the big pool. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. And see, me. I didn't get like... I didn't get, like, me and my husband didn't, like, sit down and have a conversation with one another, like, hey, we want to do this. We just found ourselves on all these little, like, you know, this little event here happened, and that one here happened, and that one here happened, and then boom, like, we're in the middle of this, you know, non-monogamous life. So we didn't have that time to do that sort of transitory, like, you know, work beforehand of kind of, like, wrapping our mind around the concept of, you know, this person being attracted to other people, this person wanting to relate to other people, this person wanting to fall in love with someone else while simultaneously being in love with me. Like we didn't get that time to sort of wrap our minds around that concept before it was already happening. It was just already happening. Yeah. And so it was a shock. <laughs> it was, oh, it was yeah. a huge shock. Yeah. And I almost envy couples that got that, that, that prep time, you know, oh, yeah. because we just got like plumped into it. And, um, and it was, it was, it was touch and go for a while. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. And same with me. Like it, there, I didn't have that opportunity. Like I didn't have that opportunity to move in that, you know, figure that stuff out, which is part of why I'm like, I think we could create this other little baby step. <laughs> and give right. better people like this more success possibility without so much drama. <laughs> right? Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about like the evil green eyed monster jealousy that, uh, uh, that, you know, my old friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. Cause that's, that's really all the pieces and how it manifests, like for me anyways, as well as what I've seen with so many people is that jealousy is the, the actions it's the action that people take that make everything go mm, crazy, bad shit, crazy. It's like, it, it is the thing, right? It's yeah. The it's the number one thing that people express like immediately when they find out, you know, like I literally have a, a, a Tumblr account and it's called don't you get jealous. Cause it's like the number one question that I hear when I talk about being non-monogamous because I'm out to everybody. 
Yeah. And uh, the number one thing that I hear is, well, don't you get jealous? Don't you get jealous? And so it's like the one thing, it's like that, like you said, that monster that either keep people terrified of it or like immediately you hear that. I, I could never do that. I'm too jealous. I could never do that. I'm too jealous. Or people believe that in order to be able to do this, you have to transcend jealousy. So people that do this don't experience jealousy. There's some weird wiring with them that they just don't have it. And I'm always like, I wish. <laughs> because me and jealousy are familiar friends, okay? So yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I experience jealousy uh, to uh, not as I still experience it, but it's just far more manageable now. It, it's it's not the green eyed monster that like we've been told that it is. It really is just an emotion. I think that the, the constructs of monogamy are such that it shields us from experiencing jealousy. So like you're not supposed to experience jealousy in your relationship. And we do things to keep ourselves from feeling it. Because it is a funky emotion. It's a very funky emotion. So when it hits you, it's very visceral. Oh, so yeah. you feel it in your stomach. Like, you know what I mean? This is very like, it's like, a, I always tell people it's like a gut punch. You're like, it, something happens, the trigger happens. And it's like, ooh. Like, you know, you're like, oh, you know. And it's, it's, so it's this very uncomfortable feeling. And so we've set up these constructs and monogamy so that we don't experience So like people, you know, like if you're, say you're in a heterosexual marriage, your uh, husband is not supposed to have uh, female friends, you know. He's not supposed to go to lunch with his female coworker. He's not supposed to keep in contact with his exes. You're not supposed to have male friends. You're not supposed to keep in contact with your exes, you know. And so we do these things so that we don't experience uh, jealousy in our monogamous relationship. And then you get into polyamory. And I liken it to like living in a house with no windows and then going out into the sun. But, you know, and so feeling jealousy for the first time in those relationships like you're like you're like oh like you know and it feels so strongly initially because we've gone through life kind of like shielding ourselves from experiencing it and being afraid of this emotion but when we learn to accept that it's just a, a human emotion and that we don't need to react to it it's actually um very very useful tool for self-discovery so i learn a lot about myself through sitting with my jealousy and going huh you know, rather than recoiling from it or running away from it, but sitting in it and kind of going, what are you trying to show me? Like, what are you trying to tell me about myself? What are you trying to tell me about my beliefs about love? What are you trying to tell me about my beliefs about my partner? Like, you know, I, 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 like I, I tell people, I sit down at the table with it and have a cup of coffee. So like now I don't like slam the door and get out of here, jealousy, rah! You know, now I'm like, okay, here you go. Like, all right, come on in. Like, you know, and it's uncomfortable, you know, but I'm like, all right, come in, sit down. Because it's very revealing. It's a very revealing emotion. And and for me, um, it's very interesting that jealousy, I I actually, like you were saying, I actually enjoy, and I'm going to say a statement that people are going to be like, what? I actually enjoy jealousy from a perspective that it gives me an opportunity to know where I'm really at. Like what is really happening internally with me? Not the facade, not the, you know, oh yes, I'm so easygoing, not the whatever, but like the truth, 
the true yeah. things that I feel, that I believe, that I'm thinking about, my love paradigms, my relationship paradigms, my self-worth, my body image, mm-hmm. like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, all that. It's it, it, all, everything. Everything. And it everything. Gives, it gives me this incredible opportunity to be like, all right, so what do we got? What do we got? We got this opportunity to teachable moment. Let's work. Let's work through it. Let's work through it. Let's figure out. Thanks for telling me what's going on. And that's like the advanced. I feel like that's the advanced level instead of transcending jealousy because people talk about, well, because I do know people that don't actually feel jealous. Like they genuinely just don't do jealousy. I know people like that too. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm not one of them. I'm no, incredibly jealous. I'll be straight up honest. And Me too. Possessive. Extremely. I'm, to- extremely. I'm totally possessive. Mine, mine, mine. I don't really like to share. The only reason that I deal, the only reason that I deal with that is because I don't like, I'm not monogamous. It's my mm-hmm. nature. So yes. it's like, well, whatever's good for the goose is good for the gander. So like, yes. Otherwise, if I had my way, like if I could just stay in my comfort zone, right? If I could have my yes. ultimate comfort zone choice, right? Everything is like magical and I get to have, poof, I have whatever I want. I get to fuck whoever I want, have relationships with whoever I want. But you're I'll, only with me. You're only with me. That is so real and that is so me so like i'm like i would have anybody that i wanted i would do whatever i wanted to people and everyone would be so enamored with me that there would just be no one else for them and it would be like this great utopia and i completely get that and i totally feel that and the only reason why i don't do that is because number one i just don't believe in taking liberties that you're unwilling to afford so i realized that it would not be fair for me to like have this edict that i'm going to do what i want but you can't. Yeah. So like I, I, because I value my freedom so heavily, because for me, polyamory, non-monogamy, it's not about more love. For me, it's about freedom. It's about yeah. being free to move through people how I want to move with people, how I want to move and being able to decide for myself who becomes what to me. Yeah. And so since I like the maximum amount of freedom available to me, I have to afford the maximum amount of freedom. And so because of that, like I am the way that I am and this is why I do this. But like, like you said, if I could like wave a magic wand and have things exactly the way I wanted them to be to where I like didn't have to grow and didn't have to become a better person. And it was like Vita's utopia world. I would do what I wanted with people and everybody would be like, you're just so amazing that there's just no other person in the world for me. And like, it would be like, 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 like everybody would have this myopic focus on me. Like, you know? Yes. 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 But like you, that's the same thing, right? It's like, I, for me, it too, it's not about more love, more sex, more. It's not about the more, it's about the freedom of Mm -hmm. me having the freedom to choose how I want to play, dance, interact with the people that are around me. Right. And, and so in that, then if I want that, then I must allow and give that same opportunity to the people around me right Mm -hmm. and so that is for me because i'm 
am a jealous, possessive person, each time there's a moment where I have to work through my shit. Like I got to look at right. my stuff. I got to like sit with it. I got to hold it. I have to, you know, be like, okay, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to change? What do I need to let go of? What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of losing? Because mm-hmm. that's a, a big piece of it. You know, it's like, what is it? And it gives me this opportunity to grow and heal. Right. Yeah. I look at it as, as, as spaces where, so I tell people all the time that our feelings are just signals. They're signals from our baby selves that yep. are trying to alert us to something, you know? So if we give our feelings their airtime, um, I read a book once by Thich Nhat Hanh called No Mud, No Lotus. And he said that our feelings are like little children. And when a child or a baby cries, you don't yell at it, you don't hit it, you don't stuff it in a, in a closet and close the door and hope that it just stops crying. You pick it up, you hold it, you soothe it, and then you figure out what's going on with it. Does it is it cold? Does it need a diaper change? Is it hungry? You know what I mean? Does it just want to be held? And so it's the same thing with our feelings. There's signals from our baby cells that kind of are letting us know that there's an area that needs healing. There's an area within ourselves that needs attention. Um, and so, and then a lot of that has to do with how you were brought up, how you experienced love as a child, like all of these things that were kind of like programmed into us as we were going through life. And so now those things are playing themselves out as we're loving and interacting with others. And I say, everybody has an emotional index. We all have an emotional index where, so there's this huge like range of just human emotion and we all have an emotional index. And, you know, some of us experience certain emotions in way, 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 way more capacity than others. Some of us don't experience them at all. So like embarrassment and shame are just emotions that I don't experience on a high degree. Whereas like other people, it's super, super high in their emotional index. And it's the same thing with jealousy. So like some people, they're super high in their emotional index. And some people, it's very low or even not at all. Like it's just not an emotion that they experience. And so... Once I stop seeing jealousy as like this lower emotion, because you hear that a lot, it's a lower emotion. You know, if you feel jealousy, it's lower. Uh, human beings, we attach high and low on emotions, but emotions are just emotions. They're neutral. Um, yeah, they're, I, I always like to call them, there's pleasant emotions and unpleasant, unpleasant emotions. emotions right? <laughs> but they're neutral. Like, you know but they're, I mean? they're, they're, they're neither good or bad. bad. They just, yeah. you know, some are easier are. to be and enjoy more and others not so much. Others not so much, right, exactly. And so once I kind of stopped looking at it that way and just kind of going, this is an emotion that I experienced, it took a lot of that, like, negative power to where, like, once I started feeling it, I started feeling this unease and then it was like, I got to do something. I got to do something. You know, and once that kind of went away, it, it just kind of became an emotion. And then I was like, okay, like I can actually do this. I tell people now, like I make statements, like, you know, my husband's on a date and I'm feeling jealous. What's for dinner? Like, you know, because it, it, it removed a lot of that. Like, I don't need to react to it. I don't need to do something, you know, cause it would hit and it would feel super uncomfortable. And then I'd be like, I need to do something. I need to say something. Like I would, I would, you know, it was that fight or flight. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I gotta, you know, I gotta move. Once I kind of like learned to just kind of like go, okay, that's a little uncomfortable, but let me, let me move with it. Let me like, you know, let me kind of sit in it and kind of let it like, you know, settle. Yeah. Uh, I began to learn a lot of things about myself and a lot of things that I, because I usually exist in the space of feeling pretty good about myself, really feeling like my self-worth is pretty high. Like I don't really struggle with self-esteem, things of that nature. I'm not on a constant. So I have my moments because I'm human, 
but not on a constant, you know, basis. For the most part, I'm a pretty self, you know, self-assured person in my like normal kind of baseline self. Uh, but it lets me know of areas where it's like, oh, you feel that way in this environment, you know? You you have an insecurity here or like, you know, this person is triggering that, you know, even as I age, like I'm noticing that my insecurities change, you yeah. know, as I get older, you know? And so it, it kind of lets me know that there's still work that needs to be done. And I mean, honestly, we never arrive, but we're, there's always still work to be done. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. I mean, let's, I think it, it would be really helpful to talk. I mean, we've talked about how we now we've moved into this other like dance with jealousy and we've talked about how you know how it kind of felt and stuff like that but I think I'd really like to share for anybody who's listening what it felt like and what behaviors and where jealousy can take you and I think that's an important piece I think that's why so, so many people are terrified of jealousy is because of how that emotion if left unchecked Oof. It can lead to killing somebody. That's why they. That's why they have, you know, murder in the state of rage or are out of jealousy, right? Like there is this whole piece that, if left unchecked, the crazy level of shit that can go down is insane. I have done some stuff. Okay, <laughs> like I am not even gonna lie. Like, and I tell people that all the time because you know, and I'm sure you experience this too you know, people kind of place you on this pedestal or like this guru. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, you're speaking and you're teaching about these things. So clearly you don't have these experiences. Like this doesn't happen to you. And I'm like, oh no, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, 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 no. So like, I remember when my, when we were in the triad and the triad really pinged on my jealousy a lot because our partner at the time, if you took every personal insecurity that I had about myself and created a person, it would look like her. Like, I mean, like, to the letter. Like, I was just like, it, it was literally like walking around with like my personal insecurity monster. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. them. every ping, 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 just poking them, you know, all the time. And so I would rip up my, because, and at the time, my partner, my husband used uh, condoms with me, uh, didn't use condoms with me, but he used condoms with her. I would rip his condoms up. I'd go in the room and I'd rip them all up, you know, when I was feeling jealous. Um, I threw an iPad at him uh, when I was upset. I uh, hit a wax warmer through a window. <laughs> I remember because I, I never forget it. He went to Walmart one night to get us both dinner and uh, came back home with a date. He met some chick at Walmart. They started talking. They exchanged phone numbers and he had a date the next day. And right before that, he had told us, because at the time we were in the triad, and he had told us that he wasn't open to anybody. He was like, oh, I'm good. I, you know, I got enough with you two. I'm not open to anybody. And then, like, he comes home with a date. My husband's good for that. A lot. It's so frustrating. Like, he, I, I call it the sharp left turn. So he's real good for the sharp left turn. And, uh, like, excellent for the sharp left turn. And it, it blindsides you, you know. You're, it, you know, so, so he comes back with his date. And I'm all, like, you know, freaking out about it. And she's freaking out about it. And so I got home from work on Monday. He went on the date with the woman on Sunday. I got home on Monday. And like, I literally had to deal with her emotions and my emotions about it, and, you know, it was just a lot. And stepped in the door, and the second I stepped in the door, the woman called him on the phone, like the minute I walked in the door. And I was like, I don't even get a chance to get home and like talk to my husband after all this crap is going on, because here this chick is, she's calling him. 
And so I go in my room and what I tell people is at that time, because I actually enrolled myself in an anger management group therapy after this, um, after this uh, incident, but I walked into my room and when I get mad like that and I feel that, you know, uh, that anger, I, it's a surge and I need to discharge that energy. So I don't want to hit people. Like that's not something that, and I grew up in a very abusive home, but I never want to hit people. Like that's not something that crosses my mind, but I need to hit something, you know what I mean? So I need to hit a pillow. I need to do a boxing class. Like I got to get that energy out, you know? Yeah. And so I go in my room and there's this wax warmer on my dresser and I went, you know, and I swipe the wax warmer, but I have terrible aim. And uh, I hit it through the window. $120 to fix it. Okay. So now I cost, I'm costing us money. You know, my anger is actually costing us money. And so after that incident, I actually enrolled myself in an anger management uh, group therapy and I went for about six months. Um, and what I learned through that experience is uh, my default response to pain is anger. So when I, when I feel pain and I notice that when I say I stub my toe, I'm not like, oh, you know, my foot hurts. I'm immediately like, fuck that, you know, like my, <laughs> my default response to pain is anger. And so now that I know that about myself, I'm aware. I was yeah. like, I really got to, I got to, I got to deal with this. I have to like, like figure this out because I was really doing some very, very, very just unhealthy, super kind of scary, like abusive stuff uh, because of my background. Um, and a lot of people, you know, response, and even when I went and sat for the intake, because before you did the group therapy, you had to do an intake with the therapist to kind of see what you, they felt you needed. Yeah. And I, I told the therapist, I was like, I'm polyamorous, I'm non-monogamous, I'm in a non-monogamous relationship, and I do not want to be uh, advised to end it, because that's not the problem. Yeah. So a lot of people want to say, well, why don't you just stop being polyamorous? Because clearly being polyamorous is the problem. And I'm like, no. I said, if anything, I'm thankful to polyamory for showing me that about myself, because I don't want there to be any situation that causes me to act that way. Yeah. It's a me problem. It's not a polyamory problem. It's a me problem. That's something that I needed to work on and I needed to fix. And polyamory just revealed that to me is yeah. that this was inside of me and I needed to work on it. So, um, so yeah, I've done some pretty out there stuff, like, you know, in, in the throes of jealousy because I was just freaking out and feeling threatened and uh, that fight or flight had kicked in. And my response to that is to fight. Yeah. And, you know, so in, in, in full disclosure, you shared my turn. <laughs> I'll, share, I'll share those places where I'm Yay. like, you know, <laughs> I'm not all like shiny. <laughs> so uh, this actually happened. Uh, this jealousy moment was actually when I was in a monogamous relationship. So this, this is this, this jealousy can exist monogamy or non-monogamy. It still exists across the board. Just, you know, just so that we're aware of that. So I'm dating my boyfriend. He lies to me. He's supposed to come over for dinner. I go over to his place. I'm waiting for him. I'm fuming, I'm fuming, I'm fuming fuming right because he's like stood me up and I made this beautiful dinner for him and and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting so I'm already at my peak of anger like I'm already beyond I've gone from anger to rage to like my whole body shaking right like wow. blackout like, <laughs> like almost blackout okay yeah so he shows up at his house drunk and I'm at the top of the stairs and he bring he has some girl with him that he starts making out with. He doesn't know I'm at the top of the stairs. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, 
like, what the fuck is happening right now? So I was already at the rage stage about being stood up. Now I've been stood up because and so with some other girl that he's making out with and we don't have an open relationship. So that sets the stage. So anyways, yes. he, he, he looks up and sees me when I start yelling and he's like, I'm like, that's fucking it. You're a piece of shit. I'm leaving you, blah, blah, blah. I'm yelling at him. He's like, whatever, whatever, bitch. And he like walks past me, pushes me out of the way. And the girl, instead of the girl being like, this is a good time for me to opt out. No, no. She follows him up the stairs and I'm standing there and I'm yelling at him and he slams the door in my face. Mm. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I don't even know what came over me. This wave of pure adrenaline and rage and, and entitlement and all this stuff. And one kick, I kicked down the door. Oh it was like this like th scene out of one of an action movie, right? So <laughs> let me pause right here. Even though like this is not healthy behavior and I would never encourage anybody to do this. And like, you know, I know that you're telling this story because it's like, you know, cautionary tales. Yeah. The fact that you kick the door in is low key kind of hot. Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't know if it's the strength. <laughs> Or just like, I just like seeing women being in that, like, kind of like, safe. I was like, it's kind of sexy though. Like, not the, not the why you were doing it, but the actual that you had the strength to be able to do it. Like, it's kind of hot. But anyways, okay, so go ahead. Okay, all right. So yes, this is a cautionary tale. Yes, yes. absolutely. I, 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 don't do I, this. I, don't do this. And I, I looked absolutely uh, stunningly hot in my power, rage, goddess energy. Okay. So, <laughs> I kicked the door down. One kick, right? And at this point, my best friend knew that he came to find me because he's like, oh, this is not going to go well, right? He, so, he, my best friend comes to follow, follow me. So, I kicked the door down. My boyfriend at the time, he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, you fucking piece of shit. And I'm swearing and I'm yelling and I'm all this stuff. And I'm gathering all of my stuff out of his place, right? I'm like, it's over. And I'm so mad and I'm so like enraged and I'm so jealous in this moment that I'm like, fuck you, you're going to pay. And he had just spent, he'd saved, he'd worked overtime and saved all this money and bought this huge, big screen TV. And I pick up the beer bottle and I'm like, fuck you. throw <laughs> it television it shatters the television wow. and, and I'm like okay this is I I feel better like at that it was like in that moment I was like I have my revenge okay I'm good <laughs> like I'm out of here right so I'm starting to leave because I know that like this is this is like I've pushed the limits now like I'm gonna get hit like uh, there's no there's no way of me avoiding getting hit after that so I'm like I'm beelining it for the door as I beeline it for the door the woman grabs me. She's like, you're not going anywhere. And I'm like, oh, yes, I am. <laughs> and my best friend squishes me in between them. So I'm between this woman and I'm and my best friend. And my best friend's trying to get her to let go of me. And all at the meantime, my, ex, my boyfriend is now coming at me. And I'm like... I'm in like, this is not, this is going to be very violent if I don't get out of this situation. So 
I'm like, you know, I'm yelling at the, the woman. I'm like, let go of me, blah, blah, blah. Of course, I'm, you know, calling her all sorts of names that are not, you know, feminist proved. And <laughs> <laughs> not honoring the sisterhood. But <laughs> not honoring the sisterhood at any level in that moment. And he's coming at me and I go to kick him. And, but I can't get my leg high enough and I end up hoofing him as hard as I can because I, I knew he had a, a rib injury. So I was like, of all the places to like take him out, I needed to kick him in the ribs, right? So I'm trying to get my leg up, but I can't because I'm being sandwiched between these two people. <laughs> so I end up accidentally, not with intent, kicking him in the, you know, in the balls. He goes down. <laughs> And I'm like, I know. And this is all because of jealousy. This is all because of jealousy. Right, right, right. Right? right? Like, so, so he goes down and I'm like, and, I, and now I'm like, if he gets up, I'm dead. Like there's, this, this is more than just like, if he comes back at me, I'm dead. Like this is not, I'm not getting out of this in one piece. And she won't let go of me. So I headbutt her backwards break her nose, she's bleeding all over the place. <laughs> oh my God, this story. <laughs> this story, it, it, it's not great, but it, it, it just keeps like, it just keeps getting more like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Exactly, and that's the point. That's, that's the point right. of jealousy and going into that rage place. There's a sense of entitlement. There's a sense of justification. There's a sense of mm -hmm. violence. And then once you're in violence, this is the problem. Once you're in violence, you have to go into survival mode because the other person's gonna retaliate. And so now you are in, now you're at a whole new level. Right? It becomes like, a negative feedback loop until somebody stops it. And, and, and it just drops and drops and drops and descend and it's descend until someone said okay enough yeah exactly right so at that point she releases me I grab my best friend I'm like we're out of here and we run out I get away but then the crash that happened landed me in the hospital Wow. Because of the level of adrenaline and the level of cortisone and the level of things that were spiked in that emotional reaction that I just experienced, that I couldn't, I couldn't stop vomiting, I couldn't stop shaking, I landed <laughs> in the hospital. And as I was laying in the hospital bed, I said to myself, never, ever, ever again will I allow another human being to affect me on an emotional level that I am not okay with who I am and my behavior and I am not okay with my behavior. And, but it wasn't in the moment, if you were to ask me in that moment, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I was totally justified. Like right. he totally, he totally earned that. He totally deserved that. No, that's And there are people behavior. that would say that. Yeah. There were people that would absolutely say that. They would say he was cheating on you. He stood you up, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, there were people that, that would say that. And while that is valid, you know, not, not that you being justified, but yeah, he was absolutely in the wrong, but you still choose how you show up to it and your behavior should be about you. Because yeah. when you give your, the power to affect how you show up to outside people, you're always going to be swayed. You're always going to be knocked off your seat because yeah. you're, you're outsourcing your power to how you show up to external forces and things outside of you, which you have no control over. You had no yeah. control over that guy cheating on you. You had no control over that happening, but you did have control over yourself. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely control over myself.
but I didn't think I did. And I didn't right. know that I did. And I think right. and that's, that's the piece that I want to tie in with this story is that that's why it's so important to manage jealousy, to own jealousy, to, to lean in with jealousy, because the first thing jealousy will kick into your brain is a justification and it's mm-hmm. someone else's fault. And that's the, and that is the scary part of jealousy. When you when you are when you can see that and you know that and you can be like, "Oh, jealousy." No, it's not anybody else's fault and no, I'm not justified to slash somebody's tires or whatever it is that you think seem to think is going to be your justification to make you feel better. No. And if you can stop that piece, then it makes it easier to do what we've been talking about, invite it over for tea, to sit down with it, to figure out what's underneath it, to do all of those pieces. But if you don't catch that piece, if you allow yourself to drop into the justification of uh, I am justified to do harm and it's somebody else's fault, those two pieces are incredibly dangerous. Yeah, when I would get into that space, I would tell people, so when I went to anger management, what it says is that it, what it creates, what it helps you to do, and that's what it did, is, is, is create a gap between the trigger and your response. So before that, the trigger would happen, and I would immediately respond, and so, and I didn't create a gap in that between the trigger and the actual response to where I can go, okay, this is what I'm telling myself to do, but is that really what I want to do? Like, you know what I mean? Is, it, yeah. is that a good idea? And, um, and so like, you have to learn how to, and I would have these moments where I would tell people, I would, I would be in my head saying to myself, Vita, you're tripping, Vita, like, this is way too turned up a response, like you're overreacting, like, and, but I couldn't get through to myself. So it was almost like I was trapped inside of myself and I like, can't get through to myself and like stop myself because I, I just immersed myself in it. I just, I took the plunge. Yeah. And if you can create that gap between the trigger and you responding and kind of sit in that little gap space and just go, okay, like, you know, so this is what's happening and this is my trigger response to it. But is that who I want to be? Is that how I want to respond? Is that what I want to do? Do I want to inflict this damage on this situation? If you can get in that little gap space and kind of sit for a little bit, a lot of times, our initial responses to things aren't really like how we actually really want to show up. Oh yeah. And you know, and so that's, that's a perfect segue into, okay, that takes some mastery that takes like some serious mastery and learning and support to learn how to recognize your triggers, recognize, create the gap, how to respond like that, that that's, that's important piece, but, but there needs to be support in that. And Mm -hmm. I lovingly invite you to, you know, really reach out, whether it's to me, whether it's to Evita, whether it's to both of us, or whether it's to somebody who's like us that you resonate with, but you really do want to have that support in teaching you how to manage that trigger, how to manage your emotions how to dance with your emotions so that you don't react. You can choose how you're going to respond. And Mm -hmm. then you don't do damage to yourself or others or property or anything around you, right? So that 
I would say is really, 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 really crucial. And mm-hmm. when you drop into this world, unless you happen to be one of those people who, you know, they just don't feel jealousy and they just don't, that's not their thing. If you're one of those people, then, you know, you may need support in other deba- in other ways of how to negotiate your relationship and navigate that. But everybody else, jealousy is a big part. And jealousy is a big part. Like I said, I told this story when I was in a monogamous relationship. Right. You know, and that was as, as fucking dark, <laughs> as violent as I got. <laughs> yeah. I went into non-monogamy for years and, you know, I have little snippets of jealousy, but never, ever have I ever felt that kind of rage that I did then. Yeah. So, so how can people spend more time with you? Um, so, uh, like I said, on Facebook, I'm Levita Loca Sawyers, and on that page, I do a lot of sharing of just things about polyamory, non-monogamy. I share links, um, relationship, uh, you know, photos. I have conversations about relationships and how to conduct these relationships well. I also do today's polyamory reminders. So every day, I just drop a little snippet of wisdom. Um, and then you can also book coach, coaching sessions with me through that, uh, platform, um, and then um, on Instagram, I'm Levita Loca 34, um, and I do the same thing on Instagram and kind of talk about uh, non-monogamy and kind of expound a little bit more on the um, reminders. Um, and um, I just developed a Patreon, so I will be uh, launching that soon, um, so that way people can get a little bit more because I drop the little like reminders, but I don't really expound on them. And these things are so broad, so like you can say a little thing about it but you can talk about that little thing for 20, 30 minutes, you know, and, and, and pull all these little pieces into it. And so uh, on the Patreon, I'll be going a little bit more in detail into why that's the reminder and, you know, drawing from my life experiences. And, you know, cause most of those reminders are just me talking to myself and reminding myself, okay, Vita, you got to remember this. You need to remember this. You need to remember this. Yeah. So, um, and I'll be discussing like the why. So like why this is a reminder that I came up with. What was the situation that brought this forward for me? Um, And uh, most people find those very helpful because it's one thing for me to say, you know, this is a thing that you need to learn, but it's like, this is how I learned that lesson. So that it kind of humanizes you. You know what I mean? Like you said, you told the story about jealousy. It kind of humanizes you. It's like, oh, this person was never in that place. It's like, no, I was absolutely sitting in the same seat you are and currently am and still find myself in that place. Um, but I just, my responses to these things are different now. You know, I don't, I don't have the same, I've, I've developed the tools to navigate these things in much more healthy ways. Um, and I like sharing that knowledge. So like I said, Levita Loca Sawyer is on Facebook, Levita Loca 34 on uh, Instagram. Um, and then, uh, you know, go to my pages where I'll be posting the links for the Patreon and stuff. And so that way you can receive more support. Beautiful. And all of those pieces will be in the show notes so that you can easily just click on them. You don't even have to work at it. (laughs) To spend more time with me, you can visit me at succulentliving.com for all of your BDSM needs. You can visit me at empressgaia.com. Don't forget to follow me on social media under Gaia Morissette or Empress Gaia or both. And I lovingly invite you to make sure that you are have download my app. I have an app for my podcast and you can get it at Google Play Store. So you can have me with you all the time, everywhere you go. <laughs> Shoot, I'm going to download it. Is it, does it, now does, does Apple have it too? 
I like think I, I, okay. I don't know. I don't know if Apple has it. I know that Google has it. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, or if you can, you can also listen to me on Spotify, Apple, you know, wherever you listen to your music, I'll be on there. So you can have me all the time. <laughs> um, and then what else? Do I need? Oh, today's episode was brought to you by Tickle.Life. And uh, I think those are all the things. So, oh, if you want, it's some, this is something I always forget to talk about. So I have all these fantastic online courses that are spectacular, that will change your life. And I happen to have a whole series on relationships relationship deep dives to conscious monogamy to navigating ethical non-monogamy so i kind of take you through the whole thing so that you don't have to be like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> so if you want those that'll be in the show notes as well all right excellent love you thank you so much for listening to us and thank you avita for hanging out like i know always a great time when we get together i really I know. enjoy it it was so good all right Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.